man, how's that? Is that better? You know what really helps is if, if I turn on the microphone. Yeah, helps if I actually turn this sucker on, doesn't it? Let's start over. Hey, everybody. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger from dancefish.com. Thanks for being here. We do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. That's 9 Eastern. And usually, I remember to turn my microphone off at the beginning, or on at the beginning. And usually, imagine that. We have sound from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, that was just dumb. That was just me, like, literally forgetting to turn the microphone on. Here's Johnny calling me. Hey, Johnny, you're on speaker. Oh, he just got off. So he sees that I'm on live now. <laughs> Johnny was calling to say, like, hey, Dan, no one can hear you. Yeah, yeah, what can I say? Here, we're professional. We're true professionals here. <laughs> anyway, thanks for spending some of your Wednesday here with us tonight. Um, hopefully it'll go smooth from now on. We'll see. It's, what, two weeks ago, the power cut out on us, so we couldn't finish the live stream. Uh, last week, I was out of town. I was uh, driving to Denver, picking up a, a fish import. Today, I forgot to turn on the microphone. So I think that's about a year's worth of snafus in the last uh, few weeks. So maybe we'll get through the rest of the year without any more. You know, just get them out of the way early. That's what we, that's what we wanna, wanna do. <laughs> oh, Johnny was calling. So <laughs> my sound was off. I turned it on, but it turns out his was off as well. Uh, all kinds of confusion here. Yep, beer, dance, fish, we're nothing but professional. Me and Johnny, we're gonna conquer the world. <laughs> one microphone at a time anyways thanks for being here let's start with the shipping report I'm happy to say we've made some progress last time I talked to you we were at 98.11 percent that was the percentage of fish that arrived alive to our customers and not just arrived alive but arrived healthy enough that they were gonna thrive for our customers now we've increased that by three hundredths of a percent Instead of 98.11% success, we're now at 98.14% success. So we're moving in the right direction. Clawing our way back up to that 99% success rate, that's always our goal. We're often there, but uh, yeah, every now and then something goes sideways, a plane gets grounded or an ice storm hits or something. And uh, then we have to crawl our way back up to that 99%. So we're on the way. All right, that's the shipping report. The giveaway tonight is provided by fishfam.link. Thanks, fishfam.link, for doing that. It's a $50 gift certificate for dancefish.com. So if you would like to be entered to win that $50 gift certificate, it's hashtag thanksffl, hashtag T-H-A-N-K-S-F-F-L. No spaces, caps don't matter. Thanks, Fish Fam Link, for that. So we'll draw that a little later today. I do want to say that Bex has been busy designing some cool merch for us. So the new merch came out today, and it is this. This is an our, our stylized version of an orange Venezuelan Corridor's catfish. That is our featured fish for the month. So this merch is live now. If you go to the Dancefish YouTube channel and click the store tab, you can see it. And it will be live till the end of the month, at which point we'll, we'll have a, a different design for you. I really like this one. I think he's got the cutest little mouth. 
Let's see here. How do I make it big? It says go big. I'm trying. It's just teasing me. It's not actually doing it. Anyway, cute little stylized orange Venezuelan uh, catfish is the uh, the new merch for for this month. In members, uh, we have some members only merch, and I will get that to you. I will post that link after the stream tonight. Let me just uh, give myself a note. I'll uh, post on the community tab in the members only section what the link is to that so you can, uh, you can get a hold of it. Okay. With that, let's get into the live stream. Let's, let's tell you what's going on in my neck of the woods. So, cheers. So we have a whole bunch of new fish that I picked up last week from Denver. That was an adventure. Um, I made a whole video about it. Driving on uh, ice-locked roads, driving in really strong wind, driving in blizzard snow. <laughs> it was an adventure getting down to Denver and back. But we did it. And we brought the fish back with us, and now they're settling in um, in their tanks, and they've been with us for uh, almost a week now. So far, doing pretty well. Most of the fish are doing great, and hopefully within another week or so, we'll be able to have a, a whole bunch of new species to list on the website, dancefish.com, where you can get them. Now... I'm not going to go into the details of what we have yet because I want to make sure that everyone does well before, uh, before I tell you what we got because I, I don't want to get people excited about a species. You know, they've been wanting this species forever. We finally got it. Yay. And then let's say for some reason there's some horrible disease that manifests in that tank tomorrow and it wipes them out or something like things can go unexpectedly sideways with living organisms so um i don't want to i don't want to get people excited except for one fish that i have to tell you about because i'm so excited about it myself um i've been trying to get this for a long time and i'm thrilled to announce that we finally have our hands on these. Pseudomugil mellis, the real ones. Now, I wanted to get a, a couple hundred of them. We ended up with, I think, only like 15 or 20 or something like that. So we don't have many, but we do have a few. And I don't know what the price is going to be, but it's not going to be cheap. These were quite expensive for me to bring in. I'm hoping these go to someone who will breed them and distribute them in the hobby. This is a fish that we need in the hobby. It's this beautiful little blue eye. It's right up there with Furcata and uh, Luminatus and Ivan Safai and the rest of them. Just a beautiful, neat fish that we usually can't get a hold of. So, thrilled to have that one. I shouldn't have said anything, but I'm too excited. I had to share it so excited just can't hide it yeah got some mellis so hopefully 
we can get those out there. Hopefully some people can breed them and we can start uh, having some of those more established in the United States. There's, there's maybe a few out there in the United States. I think, I think Marcel might have them, one or two other people, but it's just something that's very, very hard to find. Yeah, so want to get them out there. So very excited about that fish. And there's a few others too that I think are amazing, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that later when it's time. Everything in its season and such. Yeah, I'm still not happy with the brightness on here. It's so dark. Or is that just the angle of my monitor? Oh, that might just be the angle of my monitor. Hopefully it looks okay on your end. Anyway, got the fish in and basically all we've been doing since then is caring for the fish and shipping fish. We, um, these last 30 days, we've set a, a new record for shipments and orders and everything. And everything's moving in the right direction. The, the business is scaling up. We get more and more orders all the time. We actually had to change our processes this week to get a little more efficient. Actually, we, we got quite a bit more efficient so we can handle the new orders. Um, we didn't want to make people you know, wait for weeks to get their orders. So we've changed some things, found some efficiencies, and now we're able to hand more, handle more orders and uh, keep the quality up. All it was was changing the order in which we did some processes and procedures on, on our end. It's not, it's not changing what we do. We still double bag the fish. We still put the fish, catch the fish the day before and, you know, give them time to void their bowels and change the water and do all that stuff. It's all that. It's just the order in which we do certain parts of the processes, um, such as taking all the fish and stacking them together as orders instead of as species changing when we do that frees up uh we found some efficiency there so i'm really excited about that and i want to thank everyone here at the dance fish team for all the hard work I, I know it's been long days but i think we're all excited to see um with these changes how much we're able to do so thanks everybody for working hard hopefully everyone's getting their um like, oh, I was talking before when the mic was off about heat pack season. So this is the time of year when that starts getting tricky again, because some parts of the United States are actually getting rather hot. Um, the South is quite hot. This week, Texas was hot. Louisiana was hot. Um, Florida was hot. I mean, big surprise, right? But, but then the Northeast was really cold and Wyoming's quite cold. And so doing that heat pack game, trying to figure out how to make it so the fish get there at the right temperature. We're, we're playing that game again. So anyone who gets fish from us, if you can, it would be a big help to us if you wouldn't mind taking a moment when you first open the box and getting the temperature of the water in the bags and letting us know what that is. Because that helps us know if we need to change some things as far as what we're doing with temperature. Now, we're pretty good at this. We've done this for a long time now and we've got a good feel for it. But I did send a box this week that arrived uh, too hot. <laughs> like, I mean, clean water and oxygen in the bags gives you a lot of leeway. So from what I understand, I think the fish still did okay. I think there was one that they were concerned about. And if I remember right, Johnny can correct me, but Johnny, did, did they all end up making it? Or what, what happened with that order? I, I meant to follow up today and I, I just didn't get to it. But anyway, so there, there is some uh, 
some adjustments we need to do on the heat packs. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes it's cooler in the morning at places, but then hot in the afternoon. And it's like, how do you make it so it stays warm enough while it, it's in transit on the truck to the customer? So uh, there are definitely some, uh, it's quite nuanced, I guess I would say. But so far, so good. A couple things we need to adjust though. But this is why we do clean water. This is why we take the time to, to make sure the water's clean and that they have pure oxygen and stuff. Because what happens with oxygen in the bags is as water gets warmer, it holds less oxygen. So the warmer it gets, the harder it is for the fish to get enough oxygen. Plus the fish's metabolism gets, uh, gets amped up a bit. And then also when it gets hot, things multiply quickly. So if the water was dirty, say, say there was fish poop in the water or something like that, and then all the bacteria in there is just gonna explode in number because it's got plenty of food in the form of fish poop and it's warm. So the bacteria populations explode and if they're aerobic bacteria, they use oxygen and they pull more oxygen out of the water. So now the fish is warm, so there's not a lot of oxygen in the water. And also if the water's dirty, there's even less oxygen available in the water. And so as the fish gets warmer and warmer, that's often what, what will kill a fish when it gets too hot. It's not that it got so hot it had heat stroke. I suppose that could happen in some cases, but it's, it had a lack of available oxygen. So since we uh, ship with really clean water and pure oxygen in the bag, even if the fish get warmer than we want them to get, they're usually still okay. But we're always trying to optimize that. We're always trying to change, um, not change things because things are going pretty well, but we're, we're always playing the heat pack game. <laughs> it, it's, it's more of an art than a science. We're working to make it more of a science. We have a lot of data about it, but the more we get, the more it helps us fine tune that. So that's why I'm asking, uh, if you do get fish from us, if you do have a chance to uh, to take the temperature when you first get them and open the box, that would be useful to know. All right, with that, oh, the other thing that was exciting this week is we sent out a very large plant order. I still haven't heard how that arrived. I'm hoping they arrived in good shape and everything was fine, but I'm still pretty new to plants. So a big order like that, I, I wanna follow up and find that out. So. Um, that's something I need to follow up on. Make sure the plant game is is progressing. So far, I think we've done pretty well. If anyone has got plants from us, though, and, and has suggestions or things didn't go well or whatever, please do let us know. You can do that here in the comments. We don't mind being transparent. When we have problems, we don't mind talking about them because um, we're trying to fix the problems. We're not trying to hide that there's when there's problems. We're trying to figure out what they are and fix them, and we don't mind doing that uh, transparently. But you could also send us an email, hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com if you would rather not do that publicly. We, we totally understand that. That's, that's fine. Um, but I, I think we're doing okay, though. Yeah. All right. But the good news is, bottom line is that I can't remember if I said this before the microphone was turned on, but uh, yeah, record sales, record orders the last 30 days. And that has to happen because we have to increase our sales by quite a bit uh, over the next several months in order to get 
scaled up high enough that this business model is sustainable. So to get sustainable and be in a, a position where everyone can get paid and um, we can handle our bills without stress as a business, we still have to grow. So we're on the right track though. It's always nice when you get a month and it's like, hey, that breaks a record. That makes you feel like, okay, we're, we're on track, we're getting there, we're growing. Um, and if we can do, let me do some quick math here. that's wrong. I did that wrong. Okay, just a second. Oh wait, maybe I didn't. That, that was right. Yeah. So about 25% more growth will get us to a, a stable stability with our business model. That's what we need to do. So that's what we're working on. All right. With that, um, I think it's time to get to your questions and comments. I've been rambling for 21 minutes. A few of those minutes, you couldn't even hear me. <laughs> Again, we're truly professional here at Dan's Fish. <laughs> um, but before we do get to your questions and comments, I want to thank my moderators for being here, volunteering their time and their expertise to make this stream work. Thanks guys, I really truly appreciate you. Oh, something else. It finally came. I ordered this shirt literally, I think, nine weeks ago. That's the Bosmani Rainbow Fish. It's no longer available. That was February's uh, design. But it finally arrived, so I thought I'd show it off. <laughs> Teespring took forever on that one. I don't know if they had to catch up from the holidays or what, but yeah, it was... Uh, took a while for that that shirt to arrive okay I'm gonna scroll up and get to questions and comments and super chats and all that stuffs um, Jeff Kane who's been a member for six months Jeff thank you so much for your membership it's it's just so nice as a business to have this little side stream of income and your your monthly membership dues are are very much appreciated saying sound yeah I I got it eventually, Jeff. <laughs> Thanks, though. I appreciate you trying to let me know. Um, Leo209 Aquatics, getting the 60 breeder for the spotted Congo puffer. Debating if getting a group of quarries as tank mates. I, I would not. What other bottom dweller would work? I definitely would not do quarries. Um, I think that they're... You could try it. Someone here, if, if you keep puffers... If you keep Congo spotted puffers with Corys and you've done that long term, uh, would you chime in and let us know? But my feeling is, in fact, have we already done that? Uh, regardless, I can't remember if someone had done that successfully long term or not. My feeling is that Corys often sit on the bottom and sit still and would be like a, a fun, crunchy thing for a Congo spotted puffer to take a nip out of. That's, that's my feeling on that. I, I haven't tried it, but I, I know plenty of folks who have tried to keep quarries with different kinds of puffers, pea puffers and some others, and have ended up with some nipping issues. So my feeling is if you're going to do a bottom dweller with a Congo spotted puffer, 
I would try to do something that is active and swims fairly quickly so it's not like this sitting duck for the, the puffer to come over and, and nip at. So what would that be? A bottom dweller that is also like a fairly active fish. I mean, I'm thinking of some loaches, but there's long periods of time when loaches will sit still as well. I'm stumped on that one. I know there's got to be one. Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, Leo, but I wouldn't do it with quarries. If someone has suggestions for a bottom dweller that could work with Congo spotted puffers, um, something that's active and wouldn't get caught napping, uh, would you throw that in the chat? Or if you have Congo spotted puffers and you've kept them successfully with a bottom dweller long term, uh, let us know what bottom dweller that was. In general, I just don't keep puffers with other fish, so I don't have a lot of experience with that. Um, every now and then I have, but, but not often. And usually it's been because there was like little baby fish in the tank before I put the puffers in, and they just ended up growing up with the puffers. I, I haven't really mixed them on purpose very much. But I have seen lots of setups where different kinds of puffers are kept in community tanks with other fish, and they do just fine. So I know it can happen, but I personally don't have a lot of experience with it. Kelly Foreman, I know a few people who really want those mellis. Yeah, well, I'm one of them. I think they're awesome. Will an EBA, Electric Blue Acara, attack Denison Barbs? They're bigger than his mouth, but he's looking at them real hard. Is he perhaps just curious? Well, I've kept some EBAs with some Denison Barbs for... I don't know how many years, several years in an aquarium, and they did fine. So in my experience, it's worked out. Um, every fish is an individual, and even more than that, or just as important as that, every aquarium setup is its own ecosystem and drives fish to different behavior. So I don't know if it'll work in your setup. I would be surprised if it didn't, though, based on my experience. Um, yeah, I've had them together for years, and, and they do just fine. Kids Aquatics and Reptiles, scrolling, scrolling, yes. I do the scrolling quite a bit. <laughs> Bob, good to see you. I hope you're doing well. Robert Whitaker, do you have a general treatment protocol for a fish that appears to be sick and you are not sure of the causes? Yes, we do. Um, if we have any clue of what the cause could be, we try to just guess. So... Is it skinny in the belly and it's eating and not gaining weight? Maybe it has internal parasites. And those internal parasite medications tend to be gentler than antibiotics or at least don't wreak as much havoc on the aquarium ecosystem you set up as antibiotics can. So since they can be effective and they're relatively easy to use and stuff, I would start with some of those. I'd probably start with flubendazole. And if that didn't work, I'd probably try Levamisol. And if that didn't work, I'd probably try Metroprazine combination. So I'd try those just because they're easy and, and there's this, it's as likely that that problem is related to a parasite as it is to something else. So why not do the easy, easy, easy one first, right? Well, let's say we try that and it doesn't work. Okay, well, in that case, 
maybe it's bacterial, in which case I would start using an antibiotic. And my go-to is usually canamycin and nitrofurazone. I would try that. Did that work? Nope. Okay. Well, what else could I try? Maybe I would try erythromycin, because canamycin and nitrofurazone, um, they're very good, but they only treat gram-negative bacteria. Well, if that didn't work, maybe I'd try erythromycin, because that treats gram-positive bacteria. Well, that didn't work. Okay, maybe I try triple sulfa or something. Well, that didn't work. Okay, now I don't know what to do. <laughs> like, like, so basically, I just try to. What am I seeing? What are the possible things that could cause that? Of all those things, what's the most common one? Let's treat for that first. Or, what's the easiest to try to treat, and and just go from there. So, that's kind of how we do it. If we have no clue what it is at all, we have something that we call, hang on, there's a weird noise. Let me check my system. You guys wanna see my system? I'll show it to you. That might've just been air that was uh, being released from a valve, but let's see here. Temperature is good. Pressure is a little high, but it, it can fluctuate a bit. The set point is 6 p, p, PSI. Right now it's 6.2, but that's okay. That's in range. Temperature is good. Pump is good. This pump is good. Oops, trying to get... How can I... Sh okay, I might have to go big for a second. And this pump is good. Okay, I think everything's okay. That was probably just some air being released out of the release valve. You get real sensitive to noises working here. It's like the sound of water dripping. You know how it is when you have a small child and the sound of that child doing something abnormal uh, will, will cause you to snap awake in the middle of the night? Or if it's daytime, and suddenly the child's quiet for a period of time. It's like, what's going on? Like that kind of thing that's, that's drilled into you as a parent. It's like that here with fish noises. So if I hear water dripping, instantly my ears pick it up. If I hear um, a change in flow, or if I hear uh, air leaking, you know, any of those things just... It's just like there's this instant reaction to it. So, mm. so I have to check when I hear stuff. Because there are times when it's not benign. There are times when it's like, hey, something's flooding. <laughs> and you want to get to it quickly. There are 267 folks here with us tonight. Thanks for being here, guys. And gals, thanks for uh, spending your, uh, a bit of your Wednesday with us. If you don't mind sharing this out with anyone you think might be interested, uh, love to grow this thing, love to get more people here. And if you don't know anyone that might be interested, just, you know, invite an ex-lover. Let's make it interesting. SJ Fishing Adventures, do you do anything to sanitize tanks before bringing in a new shipment? Yes and no. We used to religiously sterilize each tank with hydrogen peroxide before a new shipment was brought in. The theory being 
if the fish that were in that tank before had some kind of disease that they were immune to, but that another fish might not be, we would knock that out before the other fish got put in the tank, right? So we'd start from zero um, every time we got a new fish in a tank. But what we discovered is we had a huge problem with blue-green algae when we did that. So in our system, blue-green algae becomes a problem in a freshly started tank. Other algaes and things will outcompete the blue-green algae, but they take some time to establish. Once they do, then, then, they, then the blue-green algae is no longer as much of a problem. But because that takes time, we found that it was uh, better for us to not nuke every tank every time we were going to put a new fish in that tank because then we would kill all that established algae, have a nice sterile tank, but then we get a blue-green algae bloom. And blue-green algae isn't good. It's, uh, it's not actually algae, it's cyanobacteria. Um, cyanobacterias can, uh, can have some toxins that they can release. I don't know if every species does or whatever, but some cyanobacteria release saxitoxin. Saxitoxin is the uh, toxin in some puffers. For example, the Amazon puffer, if you just took an Amazon puffer hole and ate it, you'd probably die or at least get really ill because puffers have toxin in them. Some of them have tetrodone, tetraodone toxin, I think is what you call it. And then other puffers have saxitoxin. And they get the saxitoxin by eating organisms that, um, I'm hearing that again. That's just that air vent, okay. Well, why are we getting so much air in the system? Got to keep an eye on it. Now we're at 6.7 PSI. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And we're dropping to 6.3. Sorry, guys. I just got to make sure... Okay, good. So it's regulating. That's fine then. Should get to six here pretty soon. Okay, yeah, it's doing its thing. All right, sorry. But uh, sometimes when the pressure increases in the system, it forces more air out the valves. And so when I heard that again, I was like, okay, what's going on? Is the pressure having trouble regulating? It doesn't appear to be. It appears to be keeping it within range. So I think we're okay. Anyway, Amazon puffers. Oh, let's... Hopefully I haven't been in that view too long. Amazon puffers get their toxin by eating uh, organisms that have eaten cyanobacteria and other things that, that, that create saxitoxin. And then the puffer eats those, and instead of dispelling with that toxin through urea or whatever, they keep it in their body and they concentrate it in their tissues. So... A little bit of blue-green algae isn't going to poison a tank. In fact, quite a bit of blue-green algae is not going to poison a tank because its saxitoxin is, toxin is not concentrated. And we do so much water flow that, you know, it dilutes it quite a bit. But it's still not great. We don't like blue-green algae, and I always worry when we get it, especially if there's a large amount in an aquarium, like that some toxins might be produced. I don't know that for a fact, 
but it, it's a worry. So we have decided to not do that. So what we do instead is we clear a tank and usually the tank is clear for uh, several days before the new fish go in. Um, the, they get a 100% water change. Our aquariums get 100% water change every, right now it's somewhere around every hour. Uh, some get a little more, some get a little less. And so basically our thought is that with all those water changes clearing that tank out, if there is some kind of pathogen in there, the odds are it's going to be flushed out or flushed to such a diluted extent that it's not going to be an issue. And so far that's worked really well for us. So instead of sterilizing between, we found we have a better luck when we don't because we can avoid blue-green algae blooms that way. But yeah, that was the initial intent. It was like, won't it be great? We can sterilize each tank uh, before new fish go in and all that. And, and we did, but we hadn't foreseen uh, that that would make... So each aquarium is its own individual ecosystem. Even on a large system, each tank is its own thing. It, it's amazing when you walk through here, even though they're all on the same system, they're, they're all getting water flushed through and all that. If you look at the non-fish life forms in the tanks, they're very different tank to tank. This one has this kind of algae, this one has this kind of algae, this one has, uh, I don't know, I can see little detritus worms in this one. I don't see any in this one. I see some tube worms in this one. Like, each one has its own little biome. And once those are established and kind of matured, you, you disrupt those at your, at your peril. So that's what we've discovered. Okay, Marvin's Loach Gardens. Any clue on the dues of cupramine, the dose, I think, of cupramine to knock out ram's horn snails in very hard water? 1.25 drops per gallon got the pond snails, but I keep increasing and I haven't gotten the rams yet. I don't know, Marvin. Um, cupramine and, you know, copper-based medication is not something I've messed with to purposely get rid of snails. I've only used it when I had to treat velvet. Um, copper is not a, a medication I like messing with. But what I have found works to kill snails is levamisole at a dose of 10. Uh, I gotta look up my medication sheet. I wanna, I think it's 10 parts per million, which is med fish med dosage sheet so I've got a spreadsheet where I keep all these dosages okay 10 milligrams per liter so at a dose of 10 milligrams per liter um, we levamisole kills snails in our experience ram's horns as well as pond snails I haven't tried it on any other tanks and we found this out by accident, just by trying to treat fish that happen to have snails in the tank, not thinking the levamisole would kill the snails, but it did at that dose. It doesn't necessarily at a lighter dose, but it does at that dose. So that dose would be approximately a quarter of a teaspoon per 20 gallons. A quarter of a teaspoon levamisole per 20 gallons of water, approximately. It's best to do it by weight, 10 milligrams per liter. 
and we have found that that is hell on snails and our water is quite hard and alkaline. Let's see here. Yours is hard. Ours is really hard too. Ours is about 300 parts per million calcium carbonate hardness, which is extremely hard water. DJ Sauce had a new water heater installed today. Anything I need to worry about coming out of it? Chemicals before changing water in the aquariums? I don't know, DJ Sus. Uh, that is, that's not something I'm familiar enough with to give you a confident answer. Uh, what I will say is I have installed tankless water heaters, the Renai form, several times, and I've never had a problem getting those in and freshly installed running water to the tanks right away. I've done that with Renai tankless water heaters. I've not done that with any other, so I can't, I can't speak to any other. Metal fish. Got the beanie giveaway in the mail. That was quick. Got the beanie giveaway in the mail a week early and already ordered a snapback hat for the warmer times. Thanks again, brother man. Hey, you're welcome. Enjoy that beanie. I, I, hope, it, I hope it looks good. I hope you like it. Yeah. I haven't seen the beanie yet in person. I don't think, because I think you've got a different one than the one I have. Yeah, but good, I'm glad you got it. I'm still waiting, there is a customer that got, was it a shirt? I think a shirt, I can't remember, an item, and I'm still waiting to get it, because I need to sign it before I send it on to them, and I still haven't received it yet. To, so whoever that customer is, or, or winner, live stream winner, um, sorry, I, I just haven't got it yet. Kids Aquatics and Reptiles throwing down a super chat in the form of 10 buckaroos with a bit of pippy long stocking to put some pep in your step. There it is. There it is. There is the pep in your step. Pippy long stocking cheering you on. You can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Really appreciate it. Jacob Metzer, have you ever had Trachachthys Pulcher? or rainbow loach. Also, what is your best guess on a species of your mystery pencil fish? Okay. Let's see here. What is this? I don't know if I know this loach. Oh, that's kind of pretty. Oh, how cool is that? That picture from the wet spot looks awesome. Oh, that's Taniatus, not Pulcher. I've never seen this fish. No, I've never had that one. And I don't know what the mystery pencil fish is. I, I really don't. Um, if I was at all confident... So it's this... I mean, is it a coral red? Like maybe a female coral red, but but I don't know for sure. So does any anyone have an idea what that fish could be? To me, it looks kind of like a female coral red, but I don't know that for sure. So I, that's why we're not selling it as that. I, we, we try to be accurate <laughs> in our descriptions. And, Man, this industry's funny. You, you order something and they send it to you labeled as the thing you ordered and it's not. Or they just send you something else completely because they were out of the thing you ordered. It's, 
And there are some suppliers that don't label the bags at all. So if you order um, fish that are similar, good luck sorting them because you just have a bunch of fish in bags. There's no label. So uh, it's, it's constant, uh, constant. The struggle is real <laughs> for sure. Swamp Thing's here. Hey, Swamp Thing, good to see you, buddy. I hope you're doing well. Glad you're here. Del Cantrell, hey, Del. You know if I get those rainbows, I can breed them for you. Please do. That would be awesome. Like, whoever gets them. Uh, we only have a few, and I have a feeling they'll probably sell out within minutes. But whoever gets them, please, please don't buy them unless you plan on breeding them. That's a fish that we just, it's really hard to get, and it would be nice if we could breed them and spread them around. Madaka Master. Madaka Master, if you happen to breed a bunch of rice fish, that's something I'm always looking for. Some of the different kinds of rice fish. We have so few that I can get my hands on here in the United States, and I think they're just amazing. And I think if we got, you know, good pure strains going of the different rice fish and, and could could sell them, we could have a whole hobby in the United States around rice fish. Kind of like there are people that just do guppies, right? And have all these neat varieties of guppies that they're developing these strains and and improving them and just having a blast. I, I think there's a whole thing for rice fish in the United States that could be done with that. In fact, there probably already is, but I have trouble finding good strains of rice fish I, I can get a few, but, I, but there's so many out there that I, I see pictures of and I read about and I drool over a little bit and, uh, and I can't get a hold of. ABC Aquatic Biotope Creations, thanks for the super chat. Much appreciated, never required, but we are a little startup company, so every dollar counts. If I don't win this gift card, I would like to purchase one for a giveaway for hitting a subscriber milestone. Can I get them from your website? Yes, and I will show you how in just a moment. Got a... Sorry, my lips are dry. That's no fun. It's no fun talking a bunch when your lips are dry and they're like sticking together and you get the, the, the clinging, <laughs> cling on lips. So here's how you do that. Oh, here's, yeah, okay. So let's take a field trip. So if you go to dancefish.com, scroll down here, gift cards, then you can go in there and purchase a gift card. You set the, you, you put whatever dollar amount you want in there, you set that, and then you've purchased it. Well, then you go to checkout and you've purchased it. And then to give it away to someone, you click manage gift cards and you can, uh, you can send that to somebody. So that's how gift cards are done. And yeah, if, if you wanna sponsor a giveaway by, uh, by doing a gift card, that would be awesome. We, we always appreciate help with that. So for those who are late to the party, we have new merch available. So today we release these. These are available if you go to the Dancefish uh, YouTube channel and click the store tab here at the top here. Then, I love this. This is an orange Venezuelan Corridora. And I just think he's the cutest little thing. I 
trying to zoom in and it's really not being helpful. <laughs> but I love what Bex did with his mouth and his little whiskers. And yeah, this is one of my favorites. I think this is a really nice one. So that's available if you're in the if you're in the market for some merch. T-Shot, I ordered the last 11 Rainbow Shiners from you. Can't wait for their arrival next week. New breeding project. Very excited for these. Thanks in advance. T-Shot, they're awesome. I think you're going to love them. This, this is the best group of Rainbow Shiners we've got in, I think, bar none. Um, Johnny, would you agree? I just think they're amazing. They're, they're, they're a little bigger than we usually get them, and so they've kind of got full bodies, and they, they just look great. And I can't guarantee the sexes for sure, but hopefully we can get you a mix. Hang on, let me make a note here to look at, look at that, and see if I can see anything obvious. Because if you're trying to do a breeding project, that'd be a bummer if you got like, you know, all one sex. Curl Kitty 8 thanks for the super chat. <laughs> That's the cutest. <laughs> look at this, I just have to share this. My hero, look at that little bunny rabbit fox cat critter. <laughs> thanks for the uh, thanks for the cute little super chat. Much appreciated. Leo 209 Aquatics, what would work then to keep the sand turned or eat the uneaten food from the Spoto Congo puffers? It's going to be a planted tank. Well, I was going to say geophagus. Or Bolivian ram. Or maybe uh, Cupid cichlids, you know, small, ge most geophagus get maybe too big for a 60. Um, no, I mean, some, some would work. But I'm, I'm thinking of some small fish. Oh, a horse face loach might do well. Horse face loaches might, might be good. They're pretty quick little guys, and they turn over the sand like crazy. And I don't think they would disturb a planted tank. Hmm. What do you guys think? Horse face loaches, some kind of dwarf cichlid that turns sand over? What would be the best one if it's a dwarf cichlid that would do that? Yeah, something along those lines. But let's let's get the hive mind on it, see if we can help Leo out. Alex Gonzalez, another super chat. Man, you guys are making it rain tonight. Thank you so much for all the super chats. Madaka Search Fund. <laughs> Alex wants Madaka. Yeah, so Madaka Master, help us out. <laughs> okay. I bought a group of Celestial Pearl Danios, five of them, and one of them has systemically hunted down and killed every one of them except one because I was able to separate him in time. Celestial Pearl Danios being hyper-aggressive? That's new to me. Or, I mean, I'm not saying that's not what's happening, but could it be that you got five of them, one started becoming ill, and you know when fish do that, they get picked on, and then, so that one died, and then another one started kind of getting under the weather and got picked on, and that one died. Like, could it be something like that? Like, the idea that there's five Celestial Pearl Daniels in a tank and one of them just kills all the rest is bizarre to me. I mean, I'm assuming it's 
I don't know what size the tank is. I guess it could be like a six inch by two inch tank or something, something very strange like that. But in normal circumstances, that's very odd, especially if it's planted or there's, you know, line of sight blocks or anything like that. I, I've never run into that. Has anyone run into that where like, I, I know you can have a dominant CPD, but to actually like seek out and kill all the others, that, has anyone else experienced that? Metal fish. You only brought enough snow to make your import difficult. The roads have been clear for the last week. I know. We have this joke here that if we want a snowstorm, I just need to order some fish because it seems like every time I order fish and have to drive to Denver, there's a snowstorm. And not just a snowstorm. Like, it was, we, I finally figured out what the temperature was um, the night I drove back. It was negative 27 degrees. You can have snowstorms much warmer than that, but nope, not me, not me. Negative 27 degrees and just ice sheets for highways. Yeah, yeah. Kids Aquatics and Exotics letting me know in a super chat. Thanks again, Bob, I really appreciate it. Dan, you missed Pippi earlier. I did? Or is, there must be a long delay on this because I talked about Pippi. Uh, cheerleading us on. So is the, is the delay just extra long? Well, thanks, Bob. Thank you for uh, for the little pippy to put a pep in my step. I did see her. And I did talk about it, so I wonder how far behind the delay is this time. 298 people here. We can break 300. Let's go, folks. Would you mind sharing this out? We can, We got to get at least 300 in here. Oh, now it's down to 296. Never fails. You acknowledge the number of viewers, it's going to drop. That's just, it's a law of nature. Okay. Sebastian says, I have a Kerbenzas with, with Popeye. He's in quarantine and is eating well, but his eye is bad. I tried salt, higher temps, daily water changes, any meds you can recommend to help recovery. Yeah, so I'll tell you uh, some suggestions, but before I do, I want to talk about what Popeye is. It's a symptom. So it could be anything. Um, it could be that there's a bacterial infection and so you have swelling of the eye. It could be viral. It could be that there's some kind of um, pressure behind the eye, like some kind of tumor or something, putting pressure on it and that's causing swelling. So Popeye itself, Man, there's just so many weird sounds tonight with this system. Hang on, I gotta check my system. Yeah, that's weird. So look at this, it dropped to 2.3. I heard the water draining out of it. It's been a little funky ever since. So I changed the filters today and started it back up as per usual. And, um,. It's been just acting a little strange since then. I thought I bled the air out of the filter sufficiently. Maybe I'll go check that when the live stream's done. But it's just been doing this weird thing where it, it's almost like this pump, the cistern pump here, CS1, will occasionally just 
kick off. I wonder what's going on. All right. Well, I'm not getting to bed early tonight. I gotta figure that out after the stream. Okay. So, Popeye. <coughs> Pardon me. So we don't know what Popeye is exactly. It's a symptom. We don't know what's causing it. But with salt, so you tried salt. My question would be, how much salt? Because I think most people that medicate with salt don't put in enough. They might put in like, I don't know, a teaspoon per 10 gallons or, or a tablespoon per 10 gallons or something like that. The medically effective dose for salt is five to eight parts per thousand. That's quite a bit. Five to eight grams per liter is what you want to do with salt. So is it grams or ounces? Okay, now I'm, gonna, I'm pretty sure it's grams. Maybe it's ounces. Okay, I gotta check my sheet here. Okay, salt. Yeah, grams per liter. Yeah, so five to eight grams per liter is where you wanna be. And like a five gallon bucket, that would be a heaping quarter cup of salt gets you in at about five grams per liter. About five parts per thousand. Most people don't put in nearly enough salt to actually have it work. So my first suggestion would be, if you didn't put in, if you put in the typical salt, which is like a tablespoon per 10 gallons or something, then I would try it again at a higher dose. I would try five grams per liter to start. Five to eight grams per liter is what the aquatic veterinarian has told me is kind of the correct way to use salt for aquarium medication. I tend to stick with five just because eight kind of scares me, and I've had pretty good luck with five. All the water that we use to ship our fish has five grams of salt per liter, roughly. So I've, I've done this with thousands upon thousands of fish. And um, when, when we have bad eyes, clean water and salt and thyme are usually what we try. So I would suggest that, because I'm betting you didn't use that much salt. If time goes by though and it's still not getting better, then the next thing I would try is canamycin and nitrofurazone with salt in a hospital tank. I would try that. So clean water and salt and time to start. If that doesn't work, then I would try uh, an antibiotic. Canamycin and nitrofurazone is what works best for me. And the nice thing about those is there are a lot of medications that we use in this hobby that don't actually get inside the fish. A lot of the medicines we use are not absorbed internally into the fish. So do they work? Yes, but externally. So if a fish has bacteria on its surface, many antibiotics can get it. Ah, I just did it again. What is going on? Look at that. The pump is off now. That pump should not be off. Why is it going off? Temperature's good and pressure was good. So this pump will go off and now it's just on again. That should not be happening. So this pump, as long as the pressure can be maintained at six PSI, and as long as the temperature is around 79 degrees, that pump should stay on. Let me just go check something. I, I'll be right back. I have to go check the cistern that the pump is sitting in 
to make sure that the water level is not getting too low, in which case the pump will also shut off. There's a sensor, so the pump knows that the water gets below a certain level and it knows if it gets above a certain level, it, it should stay within those two extremes. If it gets below, then the pump is like, oh, I'm draining too much water and it shuts off. So this will take me about, I don't know, a minute, maybe a minute, 30 seconds. Uh, talk amongst yourselves, but I, I've got to go check this because this could be a problem. So just give me a moment here. Yep, that was it. The level got too low in the uh, underfloor cistern. And so the pump shut off because it, it, if it goes too low, if it goes way low, it'll cut prime. And then we'll have a big problem on our hands. So, yeah. Now I gotta figure out why it's doing that because it shouldn't. The way we have it set up, it should not do that. Yeah, it's set at 16 GPM. All right, well, that's okay. I can do that after the stream. Nothing's gonna, now that I know what the issue is, it's a little less worrisome. I know what to fix. I have to go adjust a setting somewhere. All right, geek, okay, where was I? I? I feel like I left someone hanging. Oh, the eye thing. Yeah, so I think I, think I kind of covered that. Oh, I see rock and fish in here. By the way, rock and fish, I'm not ignoring you. I got your email. Um, it's just been crazy with the new import that came in and, and the record sales we've been having and everything. So I will get to you. Uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm sorry, Thursdays and Fridays are kind of my days to catch up on emails. And uh, last week I kind of didn't get to that because I was driving on Thursday and uh, I, I drove Thursday, didn't get to bed till like. 8:30 a.m. on Friday, took a little nap, came in and, and had to, you know, take care of the fish and stuff. So I'm, I'm just a little behind, but I haven't forgotten about you, Geek Boy. It was great meeting you last week. Glad you had a safe trip. It was great to meet you too. And man, your aquariums are beautiful. So I toured Geek Boy's home. Geek Boy has some of the nicest planted aquariums I've ever seen, which is awesome. But the thing I liked most about Geek Boy's place was his breeding setup. There is this amazing tank he has where he, he puts his breeders in there and he's breeding CPDs in there and I think ruby tetras and some shrimp. And um, there's this automatic egg collection system that he has that just makes egg collecting such a breeze. And then he has, he's able to raise, hatch the eggs and raise the little babies all around this tank. So it was just a great example of how 
if someone had like one aquarium and wanted to breed or had limited space and wanted to breed one tank and a few containers that hang on the tank and you can breed a lot of fish so i thought that was super cool to see and we did a whole video on it so that'll be coming out so you'll be able to see uh geek boy set up and uh yeah thanks to you as well geek boy and and to your lovely wife please say hello to her for me kids aquatics and reptiles throwing down a super generous super chat 50 bucks bob thank you so much you're keeping the lights on here buddy <laughs> i really appreciate that now here uh, okay more pep in your step there's there's a pipper long stocking we have pippy and pipper so here here's pippy here's pipper <laughs> thanks bob i really appreciate it Okay, scrolling to find the next thing to reply to, and that is <laughs> orange cones. Plants are those green things in the water, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, Bunny Viper Aquatics, how much will shipping be on plants? So we have that here. Um, we did, we have, shipping on plants is, is a little less than it is on fish. It's not super cheap though. It's UPS two day delivery. Okay, let's see here. I gotta make sure I'm not gonna share anything too personal when I go to checkout here. Okay, so yeah, this is fine. So here is the price for plants. So. Two-day shipping starts at $34.99. And then a bigger box is, is more. Now, I know that that's not super cheap, but it's definitely cheaper than $39.99 or $49.99 because uh, it's the two-day delivery service instead of next-day air for plants. Now, if you buy fish and plants, we can put them all in the same box and send them all next day. But if you're doing just plants, then to save you a little money, we went the, with the two-day delivery. And we could maybe change that a little bit to a cheaper service as we get more comfortable with them. But it's the dead of winter in a lot of places, and it's so cold that, that we feel like uh, we don't want to risk them. So I don't know enough about plants and shipping plants to take the risk right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Eventually, I'd love to get to the point where, you know, it can be quite inexpensive, like priority mail prices and things, but that's going to be a while. Dragon Layer. I have no heat packs. Is it too cold there for me to send Java Moss in an insulated box? Um, yeah, I think, okay, what's the weather going to be here tonight? Let's look. Sheridan, Wyoming. What's our weather? I mean, it's definitely getting warmer, but how warm? Okay, 10 days, right? Have an ad, why not? Yeah, our lows are gonna be 25 degrees, 12, 15, so six degrees. Yeah, I mean, the highest low that we're gonna have is 25 degrees in the next 10 days, so eh, that's probably putting the plants at risk. 
So I would say heat pack's probably necessary. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, it, it won't be that long before it's warmer around here, I don't think. Okay, chat jumped. Let me get over here. 308, we did it. Thank you for sharing this stream out to all your ex-lovers and getting us above 300. That just feels good. Thanks, folks. <laughs> okay, the next one I can see, because chat jumped, is Tamara Sirois. When do you think you'll get more Bosmani rainbow fish? I'm looking for a couple of females, but Johnny said you have mostly males. I have a bunch of males and one female. Um, hopefully, we'll have some available in the next week or two. We have some in quarantine, just have to make sure it, you know, they do well. And I'm sure they will. Bosmani are actually pretty hardy fish, and the group looks fantastic. But just got to make sure they do okay. Paul Soltero, you're 15 Ricos behind. Yep, that's right. <laughs> Foxy's Fishes, the Ace Creek Bosmani have spawned. We have a small batch of Happy Fry. Foxy, that is amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. Golazo to you. Um, I'm not going to do a real golazo just because, man, I'm just too tired. That's why. That's the honest truth. We'll do a mini golazo. How's that? For Foxy's Fishes. Golazo! There. There you go. But I'm really happy for you. That's cool. Bunny Viper Aquatics. Could the motor on the pump be getting too hot like a safety off? No, it, it was the cistern level. I figured it out. It's just strange that it's doing that because uh, we have it calibrated so it shouldn't, but I'll have to fix it. There's always something to tweak around here. We be tweaking around here. <laughs> Jacob Metzer, how to care for Ormstein Plecos, the L106. I don't think I've ever kept that Pleco, so I'm not going to be the best person to chime in on that one per se. Uh, if someone else in here knows the orange seam, would you chime in and, and give some advice to Jacob? Because I don't have experience with that species. In general with plecos, though, I'd say high flow, if you can. Um, lots of tight hiding spaces and uh, a good mix of food. And generally, that should be good. If it's, if it's wild collected, in my experience, that's a real game of roulette. Some of them do fine, but often there's problems, and I'm, I'm not great with wild plecos. I don't know anyone that is, really. Um, they just seem to come in with a lot of problems, but if it's aquarium-bred and raised, that would be the first step. If you can find a source with aquarium-bred and raised orange seam plecos, I would start there. I don't know if you have it already or if you're looking, but if you can find aquarium bred and raised ones, odds are it'll do better. So my experience with aquarium bred and, well, with the breeder I have right now, my experience is I rarely have problems um, with aquarium bred and raised plecos. But with wild collected plecos, I rarely don't have problems. So that's my bias. Casey Thornton. Did you get to visit any fish rooms while in Denver? Yes, I visited Geek Boys Fish Room, and then I met up with Moose. I don't know if Moose is in the chat, but if you are, hello, Moose. It was great to meet you. And we went and visited some uh, some fish stores, and that was really fun. There was one there I was actually quite impressed with. Um, it's called A Fish or something like that. Oh, I don't know. 
It's worth shouting them out, though, because they did a great, great job. Let's see. I will find it here, I hope. Um, I think it's called, like, A-Fish. Wow, they are not showing up. Page two? About Fish. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was About Fish. Um, I like them. It wasn't a big store, but for the most part, everything looked pretty good. It seemed like they really cared about their fish. Um, they did quarantine. They did that on the floor. They didn't have like a separate quarantine room or anything, but hey, they were quarantining. So <laughs> great, you know, it's more than most places do. So I really like that one. So the the fish stores, though, I did not film any footage there because there were customers there. It was during business hours, and I didn't want to be the guy with the camera freaking out the uh, the customers. Well, I did want to be that guy, but I figured I shouldn't be that guy. So saw some cool fish stores. So thanks, Moose, for taking me around. That was really cool. Vivian Goodwin. Got my shipment of Phoenix Reservoirs and Forktail Blue Eyes yesterday. All in amazing shape. Thanks. Got home from work. The Forktail fork was missing. Hoping she's hiding. Can't find her at all. Um, I hope she's hiding too. I mean, fish can jump. So I don't know if you have a tight lid on that tank or not. But um, that is one way that fish disappear for sure is they just jump out. Especially when they're new and settling in. So if you have a tight-fitting lid, then it's probably not that, but that is something to check. Fingers crossed, Vivian, that you find them. I'm glad they arrived in good shape, and I hope you find her. Bryce Martin, odontocaricidium eating dry food after a year. <laughs> it only took a year. Oh, man. Thanks for amazing fish. Hoping to breed them soon. Bryce, I hope you can breed those as well. I am trying to get another group of those in. I'm working on that right now, actually. But yeah, this is such a neat little fish. So for those that don't know this fish, it's like the dwarf red hummingbird tetra. And we got a nice group in, uh, you know, apparently a year ago. And they're just the cutest little things. Their behavior is so neat. They just flutter around. They're like a charisidium, but they're more more midwater than your typical charisidium, I would say. But that's a good picture. Yeah. And they do get some nice color on them. And they're very small, a true nanofish, and just full of personality and spunk. And apparently, they will eat dry foods. You just have to be very patient. A year. Woo! Oh, man. Okay, scrolling up here because chat jumped again. 314. Going strong. Thanks for being here, folks. That's fun. Okay. Casey Thornton. Oh, I already got that one. Vivian got that one. Okay, trying to find the next one. When chat jumps, things get funky. Sebastian, thanks for the advice. I'll try a higher dose of salt. Yeah, it's so funny when I when I read online about people are like, I've got a sick fish. Everyone's like, oh, use salt. How much? Like a tablespoon per 10 gallons. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> now, salt will kill plants. So hopefully this isn't a tank without plants. I don't want to wipe out your nice planted tank. But um, 
barring plants, use a high dose of salt. Greg Gull, have you ever used Melifix for bacterial infections or Pemafix for fungal infections? They're both supposed to be natural medications. If so, what is your opinion? Tried them and they didn't do diddly for me. So I've tried both Melifix and Pemafix. I'm familiar with them. I love the smell, but I get no results. I'm not saying they don't work. I'm just saying I don't get results. In fact, at one point I bought my own tea tree oil so I could make my own because it was a lot cheaper. But yeah, didn't really work. I mean, I used the real deal as well, but had some tea tree oil and I was like, hey, I'm gonna try to make my own. Expecting any goiter rivers or Kalitawa anytime soon. Hopefully we'll have some Kalitawa. I don't think we have any goiter rivers coming in. Um, let me just check something here. Goiter. I don't have any listed, uh, which sounds right. I thought we were out. Yeah, I don't think goiter rivers are coming in on this one. Okay, now we're good. Uh, levels rising. So we're, we're filling back up in the cistern. I changed the thing while I was over there. So, okay. Okay, just had to check that. So I hate to disappoint you, but I don't think we brought Trifosciata in this time around. David M. I found some mini ranger plecos <laughs> in my LFS. From everything I read, they will probably read the will probably gross. I don't know what that means. Any thoughts on the mini ranger pleco? Any advice for caring for them, even if they are a ranger? So I think they're awesome, but I don't think there's actually a mini ranger pleco. I think that people are getting baby plecos and calling them mini rangers. Um, that's my experience. I bought mini ranger plecos. I've grown them out and they're definitely above 2.5 inches. And some of my customers have grown them out as well. And they're all getting bigger than that. So I'm not convinced that the mini ranger pleco actually exists. I think it's just a juvenile ranger pleco. Now the ranger plecos themselves are awesome. So that's not like a total loss or anything. And as far as keeping them, the group we've had is super hardy. They eat everything. We give them a mix. Some days we feed them veggies. Some days we feed them more protein-based, you know, meat-based foods. We just give them a mix. Um, give them hiding spots like any other pleco. They like flow if you've got it, but it's not necessary. I find them as easy as a bushy nose, to tell you the truth. So they're doing well. I think if there were true mini rangers, there would be an L number. And I've searched and searched and searched and there's no L number. So that to me means that the Pleco experts have decided there are no minis. I mean, that's my take. And in my experience, they, they don't stay mini at all. US not scraper. <laughs> Any experience with green fire tetras? Yeah, I think so. Um, those are the ones that have green on top and uh, kind of red on the bottom. Green fire tetra. Yeah, these guys. Green on top, red on the bottom. 
Yeah, we I kept them just like Neon Tetris, didn't have any problems. I, I don't, it's been a long time, and I don't remember any, like, specific, they're difficult or special care they need or anything. I think I think they were just, kept them like a Neon Tetra, and they did fine. So I don't, I wish I could tell you a wealth of knowledge about them, but I don't, I don't, that's all I remember. <laughs> so, not really helpful. Sorry about that. John Keith Gardner. I recently picked up a two, three-inch rope fish. My normal rope fish food is too big. What would you recommend feeding this small? If you can, I would start them probably on black worms. And then once, because they're small, and I don't know how much body weight they have on them, but small rope fish, I wouldn't mess around. I would start with black worms. And once they've been eating those okay, and I, I, I'm not worried about their body weight, I would mix in some frozen blood worms. And once they're eating those okay, and I'm not worried about the body weight, I'd mix in some frozen brine shrimp. And then I would start probably on vibrabites as transitioning them to, to dry foods. But I would definitely feed them food that they eat readily at first while they settle in and gain their weight back. Unless they're fat and sassy, you know, in which case that's less of a concern. Night Owl Aquatics. One of my albino gold laser quarries is having some swim bladder issues and rolling over. It started with tail rot, but is regrowing now. All others are okay. How would you treat? Um, I would do a hospital tank. Not a veterinarian, but if it had tail rot and now there's something internal happening, then my guess, just a guess, but my guess would be some kind of bacterial infection. So I would uh, do a hospital tank with salt, five milligrams per liter, and kenamycin and nitrofurazone. That's how I would treat that. My logic being salt will help with osmotic regulation. If a fish has an internal infection, and is starting to not osmoregulate real well, that can be part of what you're seeing there with the swim bladder issues and rolling and stuff. Um, the salt will help with that. And canamycin and nitrofurazone, or if I'm gonna use antibiotics and I don't know the specific bacteria I'm treating, those are usually my go-to because they treat the most common uh, bacteria that cause infection that we have in the aquarium. They treat uh, columnaris, they treat aromonas and other gram-negative bacteria. And canamycin's very good about penetrating into the fish. The fish can absorb it readily. So if there's an internal thing, which it sounds like there is, then um, it's an antibiotic that actually gets inside the fish and has a chance of getting to the bacteria inside the fish. Survival of the fishies is suggesting that maybe that mystery um, pencil is a marginatus. Is that the three-line pencil fish? Anastomus. Is that the one they call the three-line? Oh, looky there. It does look kind of like that. It's just called a dwarf pencil fish. I guess the three-line's different. It does look an awful lot like that, doesn't it? I mean, it's hard for me to tell just off pictures and color because there's so many fish that are highly variable in color 
or depending on the location they come from, they can look totally different, or um, several species that can look very similar. So that's hard, but I agree with you, survival. Uh, it looks a lot like that, Nanostomus marginatus. So best idea yet. Okay, it is 8.23, so I think we're going to do this here giveaway because when we're done that... Um, hang on. There it is. <laughs> I can't type. When we're done the giveaway, I want to give myself enough time to get over to my wife's channel because at 8.30, which is in six minutes here, my time, um, she's going to be doing singing a song. She's got a premiere. So for those that don't know, my wife is a professional singer and she is doing You Say by Lauren, how is that, Daigle? <laughs> and I want to listen to that at 8.30. So I'm going to do the giveaway now so I have time to get over there. I just put a link in the chat for those that might, might want to join us. It's just a few minutes. You can hear my wife sing. I fall in love with her every time she sings all over again because she's amazing at it. I used to think I could sing. I used to have like a band and then I met my wife and I was like, yeah, I, I'm not a singer. That's a singer. That's someone who's trained hard and done the work and it's, it's, it's evident. Anyway, let's do this giveaway. This is for a $50 gift certificate provided by Fish Fam Link. Thank you so much, fishfam.link. We appreciate it. There are 229 eligible users and there are 298 folks here. So that's not bad odds. KP, you have won. KP, congratulations. You won 50 bucks in the form of a Dance Fish gift certificate from fishfam.link. You have two minutes to chime in and let us know you're here. For some reason, the timer here no longer works. I don't have a clue why. It used to, which made it easy. So it's 2.25 now. So we're just going to wait till 2.27. If you haven't said anything in chat to let us know you're here, then we'll uh, go on to the next person. Uh, but hopefully you're here. If you are, leave some kind of comment so you can claim your winnings. While we're waiting for KP, let's get to the next one. Caitlin, I'm trying not to butcher your last name here, Caitlin. DeRosier? Let's just call you Caitlin. <laughs> How often do you get spotted Congos in? Is it common to be out of stock for long periods of time? Yes, it's common for me to be out of stock for long periods of time. Um, there's few survivors, few survivors, few suppliers that I trust with that fish and they don't have that them in that often. And no one's breeding them in huge numbers. So when I can get them bred in aquariums, it's... Uh, it's kind of limited. They're not available that often from the breeder. Um, there are a couple of exporters, but I prefer to get them from the breeder when I can. And it's quite a process to bring them in. So it'll be a little while. The good news is, though, we have a great batch of Amazon puffers that we've been working on for a while. And they should be uh, ready pretty darn soon. They're starting to get plump and fat and sassy and, and should be ready soon. Okay, it's 827. KP has not chimed in. KP has forfeited their winnings. We're going to get the next winner unless 
unless there's this thing happening where it's just not where that's not working either people are congratulating Kyle which makes me think KP is here mods would you let me know well delays so long that nope I don't see KP yeah I don't think KP chimed in I'm not KP, says AVT. Okay, we're going to get another winner. The winner now is My Name is Nobody. My Name is Nobody, you have two minutes to chime in and uh, let us know you're here and claim your winnings. Otherwise, you forfeit your winning as well and we'll draw someone else. Yeah, KP is not there. All right, My Name is Nobody, hopefully you're here because i got to get to my wife's stream. I always do this. I, I don't leave myself enough room at the end. And uh, sometimes when folks aren't here to claim their winnings, yeah, it can make me late. <laughs> and I hate missing it because it's like this live kind of premiere kind of event. Hey, all right, there we are. My name is Nobody is here. Awesome. My name is Nobody. You have won. Thanks for participating. In order to uh, get your winnings, if you would just send an email to us, hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. Let us know who you are, let us know you won, and we'll get that verified and get you your $50 gift certificate. That'll be awesome. All right, with that, we're going to close it out so I can head over and, and listen to my wife sing in two minutes now, or a minute 30 seconds. One minute now, I've got one minute. Okay, here it goes. Thanks, everybody, for being here. I want to start by thanking my moderators for doing what they do every week. Just thank you so much, guys. Everyone who is a member, thanks for being a member. That's hugely helpful to have that little residual income coming in every month from your membership fees. It's just, it helps our little business grow, so thanks. Everyone who left us money on the table, thanks for the Super Chats. Very generous today. What was it? $142 worth of Super Chats. That's awesome. Thanks so much for the free money. We appreciate it. Um, everyone who participated in chat, thank you for being active. Thanks for being here and participating. If you didn't participate, if you're a lurker, well, I still love you. Hail the Lurker Nation. If you're listening on the replay, hello from the past. And if you're listening to the podcast, which I've got to get updated, there's a lot of episodes not on there yet. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Until next time, have a good one. I'm going to go be a good husband and listen to my wife sing. See you there. 